we are doing Nehemiah chapter 7 today, Nehemiah chapter 7, and if you look at it, uh, at first glance, it's just a list of names. So the tendency is to brush over it and then go on to Nehemiah chapter 8. But I want to say this to you. We have, you look at it, a lot to learn from this list of names. So my message to you is entitled, People Matter to God. Let me begin by telling you, for those of you who were originally with us in the early days of SIBKL, you would remember that when we have the letters SIBKL in the early days, uh, the tagline underneath it was, people matter more than programs. And it was true. Then over the years, we changed it to what it is today, go, grow, generations. But I want to believe that the original tagline still matters today because people matter to God. And so it should to us now. I'm going to apologize. Maybe we have not cared as much as we should. But it's a reminder to us, to you and to me from the Word of God, that it's never only about walls, never only about brick and mortars. It's people. It's people. The first three verses of Nehemiah chapter 7 is a very good transition from the first half of Nehemiah 1 to 6 and then the second half of Nehemiah chapter 8 to 13. And to make this transition, Nehemiah wrote, or Ezra wrote, these first three verses, which goes like this. After the wall had been rebuilt, and I set the doors in place, the gatekeepers, the musicians, and the Levites were appointed. And I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother Hanani, along with Hananiah, the commander of the citadel, because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most men do. What a description. A man of integrity, and he feared God more than most men do. Can I have? And I say to them, the gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened until the sun is hot. And while the gatekeepers are still on duty, have them shut the doors and bar them. Also appoint residents of Jerusalem as guards, some at their posts and some near their own houses. I want to make this very important point before we go further. The walls of Jerusalem has been completed. And being a fantastic leader, the first thing Nehemiah did was put guards. Guard the wall. Because what's the point of having a wall when there is no watchman? Guard the gates. Guard the walls. So it is for us now, it is 40 days of fast and pray. And you know that we want to build a spiritual wall around our families, around ourselves, around our businesses, and even around our nation. 
And even as we build this wall, make sure that after these 40 days, uh, it's not over. Uh, guard it. Guard it. So even after the 40 days when we have built this wall around our family, don't put our guard down. Don't put your guard down. Post and pray. Even after that, like Nehemiah. And then from verse 4 onwards, well, let, 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 me, let me share this with you. There is a name, a list of names. Chapter 7, from verse 4 to verse 63, 59 verses of names, you know. Why? Because the first six chapters is about rebuilding the wall, the hardware. From chapter 8 onwards to chapter 13, it's about the reform of the people, the software. But in between, list of names. Why the list? Who are these people? Well, Nehemiah chapter 7 verse 6 tells us who are the people named in this list of 59 verses, you know. Well, he says here, these are the people of the province who came up from the captivity of the exiles whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had taken captive. So these were the ones who originally returned to Jerusalem and Judah, everyone to his city. In other words, who were this list of people? Actually, if you look at Ezra chapter 2, you have the same list. Same names, you know, check me out. Same list, same names, but who are these people? These were the original people that came from Babylon, traveled 1,500 miles to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. 90 years ago, you know, during the time of Haggai, Zechariah, and Zerubbabel. Can you imagine it? Having your name written in the Bible two times? Why, uh? Why? And here's why. Three reasons why the list. Number one, it tells me that God values people. It's never about bricks and mortars. It's always about people. Church is about people. And that's why God values people. You and I are not a nameless digit. So I go to conferences sometimes. People ask me, hey, oh, SIB Kell is growing. How many? A uh, few thousand. And they expect me to ask them, how about yours, sir? Oh, no. It's never about numbers. And we tend to measure the health of a church by numbers. No. It's people. You know that your name and my name is written in the book of life? You know that? It is not John. John who? Chew. Chew who? Chewing Chi. You know that your name is written in the book of life? Even your pet name, uh, even your, that only your mother knows. Uh. 
so that there is no second guessing who you are, right? You and me, our names, those of you listening at home, same. Do you know that you matter to God? Your name, no second guessing, only you, the unique you is written in the book of life. And only that, Jesus says, do you know that your name is also carved in the palm of my hands? So every morning, for eternity, as Jesus looks at the nail prints, the nail prints are still there, he sees your name. And what do you think he's doing now? interceding for you by name. Hebrews 6.25. He sits up there interceding for you, so no matter what you're going through, He knows. Because you matter. And it is true. See, not only does God value people, when I look at the list, He remembers people. What? Yeah. That's why He writes it right down. The genealogical record, write it down in the Word of God, in the book of life. Write it down. So what does He remember you for? Your work, your contribution, your acts of kindness, your service to His house. Hey, they build a house, right? So spiritually, as we also build a house of God, God remembers. Hey, man may forget, you know, but God never forgets. God never, I want to affirm you today, my friend. Whatever contribution that you have made in the house of God, not even in the house of God, even outside the house of God, acts of kindness, support, counsel, help, God remembers. One of the favorite verses of mine, and I, when I say favorite, favorite verse, it is a favorite verse, it's very unusual. I remember several favorite verses. I did one last week and chew on the word on Colossians 4.17. I'm going to do another couple in a few weeks' time. It's this. Hebrews 6, verse 10. Come, let's read it together. Shall we do that? Come on, church. Those of you who are physically here, as those of you at home as well, all right, whether you are a living room, bedroom, or not, doesn't matter. Come, let's all read this together. Shall we do that? Read it loud huh, so that our neighbors can hear us. All right. Are you ready? One, two, three. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work. Come on, read louder. And the love you have shown Him as you have helped His people and continue to help them. What a wonderful verse. It's an assurance of God to you and to me written in this eternal word. He will not forget you because He's a just God. So it doesn't matter if people didn't say thank you to you. Uh. If people forget what you do uh, for Him. Uh. But God remembers. God is not unjust. He will not forget the work that you do and the love that you have shown Him as you help His people. And please continue to do so. Uh. Don't stop. Because God never forgets. Thirdly, God values families. The list tells me that. It's not just a list 
Why? Because if you look at the list carefully, it, is, it was categorized under families. The descendants of so-and-so, correct or not? The descendants of so-and-so, incidentally, um, some of the names are, are almost unpronounceable, you know. All right. But if you are short of a name to name your son, or your grandson, not a bad idea to name him Pokerus Hilson Bam Chew. <laughs> Babkok Chong. Nafusiam Wong. And this is the best. Anatus Hagaba. Ang. But names matter. Because God values families. So can I say this to you? Yesterday was so good, you know, she's still here. One of the singers in the first service, the husband was here, the children was here, cheering mom! So good, huh? When we can model to our children to serve him in the house of God. So when your children look at you, you cannot say, no time, too busy. So when your children grow up, also no time. No time to go to church. No time. And so you don't tell him. Afterwards, when they grow old, are you why you that? He'll say, Dad, it's not you. But when you serve God, Your children see it. Families matter to God. Let me share with you a testimony, not to boast on that, but just to ex- ex- illustrate to you that when you and I take this very seriously, that when we, when people matter, whether it's one or thousands, God validates that. God now begins to add His blessing upon your gesture of kindness. Believe me, I've seen many circumstances, even non-Christians. When you show kindness to a non-Christian, you are saying that that person is also made in the image of God. How you treat your staff, very important, no? Many years ago, at 3, 4 a.m. in the morning, I was awakened up by a phone call. I was already pastoring. A voice at the end of that call said to me, Pastor, I want to say goodbye to you because I want to commit suicide. Wow, that would rework me up, you know. Who are you? He gave me his name. For almost seven, eight seconds. Who is this guy? Then I remembered. How are you? He was somebody that has left us for years, a young adult. And then for the next hour, I found out he was depressed. Financially, no, gone. He just wanted to end his life. 
for the next one hour, I make sure he is, don't put down the phone, huh? don't put down the phone. And then after one hour, I prayed with him. I said, so and so, tomorrow morning, in a short while, not tomorrow morning, in a few hours' time, uh, I want to see you in my office at 9 a.m. Uh, make sure you're there. So 9 a.m., I went to my office at BY. I waited. Nine o'clock, nothing. You know. 9.15 or thereabouts, the door opened. He came in. That means he's still alive. Lah. So happy. Sat down, ministered to him for an hour. So that's it. Lah. Prayed for him. He felt very good. That night at 11 p.m., he rang me up again. Pastor, I'm so depressed. Come, come, come to my house. So he came, by the time he came, it was almost 12 midnight, ministered to him at 2 a.m. So late already, uh, so I said, stay in my guest room uh, for the night. He stayed on for two months. Ate with us, ministered to him. The only problem is at 2 a.m., he'll knock at your door, Pastor. But then I saw his eyes. The left eye was drooped. What we call an eye drop. The eyelids drop. And I remembered my anatomy, you know, LR6SO4. Lateral rectus by the sixth nerve, supply oblique by the fourth nerve. <laughs> then I remembered, yeah, so many years I remember my anatomy still. Correct or not, Samkyong? LR6SO4, right? I remembered. That means the sixth nerve is affected. So I sent him to see the doctor, MRI done, and we found out he has stage four cancer. Nasopharyngeal cancer at the back of the nose has now spread to the base of the brain and impinged on the sixth nerve. You're already depressed, you know. What to do? Sent him to see an oncologist, started radiotherapy, chemotherapy, got his loved ones together. They met in my house. All of them met in my house, came back together again because this is serious, ma. Cut a long story short. Now, over 10 years now today, not only is he still alive, but his cancer is completely healed. Totally gone. Stage four, you know. Why, huh? God validates. God validates your act of kindness. Men may forget you, but God will never forget. And He adds His blessing onto it because he, you have done what He would have done. Understand? Very important. Let me take you one step further now. If God looks at people and He values people, remembers you and me, value families, what on earth is he looking for particularly in a person that attracts him? There are certain characteristics in this passage that tells me God is looking for these characteristics in you and me that that honors him, that he is very excited about what it is. Four things. Number one, God looks for godliness. 
godliness. Chapter 7, verse 1 to 2 says, after the wall had been rebuilt, chapter 7, verse 1 to 2, I had set the doors in place. The gatekeepers and the singers and the Levites were appointed. Verse 2, I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother Hanani, along with Hananiah, the commander of the citadel, because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most men do. Who is Hanani? Give you a sweet if somebody tells me. Have you heard the name before? Yeah. He was mentioned in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1. The same guy, the same brother, probably he's really blood brother. Remember, he came all the way from Jerusalem to Shusa to tell Nehemiah, hey, the wall in Jerusalem is broken down. And that started the whole, the whole episode. The whole book of Nehemiah was started because Hanani, Hanani Nani cared. And now, who do you think God wants to promote in the spiritual realm? Trustworthy people. People who cares for the nation. People who in these 40 days pray non-stop so that Malaysia will be saved. Who do you think God trusts so that Hanani is now the, the civil commander of the city? People who is faithful. Who is Hananiah? A man of integrity. A man who feared God more than most. Are there any people like that? Are there any more people like that? People who fear God. Why, why is fearing God so important? Because, and I want every one of you to read this. Psalm 111, verse 10. Come on, read it with me. Why is fearing God so important? Come on. Those here, as well as in the home, come on, read, read out loud so that the neighbors can hear you. All right, are you ready? One, two, three. Fear of the God is the... One more time, one more time. Read out loud so that you yourself hear you. One, two, three. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Don't we want wisdom? Of course. So we complain, huh? God, tell me how to do this now, especially with all the economic gloom and doom. Help me how to, to do this, to this. Fear God. Have a reverential awe of God. And God will give you wisdom. So Hananiah became the military commander of the citadel. Why? God values godliness. The second thing that God is looking for is your giftings. But you say, Pastor, I got no gifting one, no? True or not? Your gifting is only used in the world, ma. You sing in karaoke, you do all kinds of things, God gifting one. But are you prepared to use it for God? Hospitality is also a gifting, you know, you know that? The fact that you are very open, you are kind, that is also a gifting, you know, you know that? Gifting matters.
us to God. Why? Not only is the list categorized by families, you look at it, it's categorized by giftings. And there's a list. And this is the modern equivalent. Huh? The priests. Who are the priests? You and I. Huh? We are all priesthood of all believers, right? We are the church. So even as you go to the workplace, you are actually the priest of the Most High God. Minister. Lah. How difficult it is to pray for somebody in your church, in your, in your work. How difficult it is to lend a hand, especially now with so many people traumatized, with so many people hurt, more than ever before. The world needs you and I to lend a helping hand. Why? Because all of us are priests. The singers. No, sorry, the Levites. Who are the Levites? I, I would think these are the pastors. I, I want to say to any pastor here who's listening online, even from another church, your congregation may not appreciate you, but God appreciates you. I want to say this to you now. You're from a small church. It's not easy, especially now. You're a Levite. Don't give up. Who are the singers? The worship team. Who are the gatekeepers? The connect ministry. Aren't you glad there were people downstairs taking your temperature, guiding you? Hey man, the whole connect ministry, I, I, I want to say thank you at this moment to the whole connect ministry and the staff and, and everybody and, and the people online, the AVIT, the people who edit the video for you, you know, every weekend. Come on, let's give a clap offering for them. Whoa! They've done a marvelous job. Amen? Preparing for the opening of the church. You think it's easy? They practice, they make sure everything is all right, so everything was smooth. Man, God never forgets you. But the point is this. You use your giftings to serve God, no matter what it is. God will always remember you. Men may forget. God doesn't forget because God is no man's debtor. The third thing I notice in this list is that God is looking for the gathering of His people. This is a list of people they gather together. Now the war is finished, and now Nehemiah is gathering all these. Nehemiah chapter 8, next week, you'll, you'll see this. Ezra gathered the people in one place to read the word. Why? Because the gathering of his people pleases God. I don't mean physically, I know it's not easy, but we can gather online. Ma. So now church is not the same as before, no. We are all one together in the Spirit. It's now a church without walls. And even as I speak now, in the 40 days of fast and prayer that we have, doesn't it amaze you that even now, God is gathering the people from all over the churches in Malaysia to fast and pray? It pleases God. The gathering of His people matters to God. 
So can I encourage you, these 40 days, don't, don't give up gathering, not even 40 days, uh, every weekend. Uh, don't, don't, don't freak out from the spending one hour with God prior to Zoom. So people say, Pastor, I got Zoom fatigue. Really? Once a week, Zoom fatigue? What about handphone fatigue? What about Facebook fatigue? No, no, never. But once a week or twice a week, Zoom fatigue is a cliche. No such thing. Because this is the delivery system for many more years to come. You better get used to it. Huh? No such thing as Zoom fatigue one. It's a cliche. The devil wants you to repeat it like a parrot so that you don't go online. No. Gather. Together is together. Together is together. Whether physically or online. The fourth thing that strikes me that God is looking for is the generosity of the people. This you find in the last three verses from verse 70 to verse 73. And I don't want to read this. The people gave joyfully. They gave cheerfully to the work of God in the house. And I want to say this to you. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart that during the MCO period and even now, you gave generously. Thank you for believing in the vision of the house. Come on, let's give God a clap offering. Those in the home, thank you so much as well. You know, we started the COVID fund. To date, we've dispensed over half a million dollars or thereabouts, plus or minus, to help the B40s in Sungai Bulo, Kampung Champaka, the Myanmar refugees, they still need help. And also to some of the members of our own church that needs help, young adults, his families, to put food on the table. We also help the patients in, 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 in GH, across the board, and even other, other NGOs. See, God looks at it, and God blesses back in return. Let me close. Hey, I've got still time. Let me share with you a verse, as, I, as I'll give you a last slide, okay? God is looking for, for God, Bible is very consistent one. Huh? So you look at the other two lists in Exodus 18 as well as Acts chapter 4, very consistent one, huh? all right? Because God is looking for godly people, okay? So make sure you and I are godly and I'll pray. But let me share with you now, uh, as I have the First Thessalonians as another favorite verse of mine. I tell you, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18. And it also encapsulates what I share with you. The scripture is very consistent. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19. I'm going to do this in three minutes and then I'll close. Paul says, What is our hope? What is our joy? 
what is the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when He comes? You know, Paul is asking this question. God, when you come, when Jesus comes back again and we stand in your presence, what will be our glory? What will be the elements of the crown that we wear on our head? You would have thought that God would say, or Paul would say, hey, all the works I've done for you. After all, I've been beaten five times, 39 stripes, shipwrecked three times, suffered so much, done so much for you, written two-thirds of the New Testament. God, this is my glory. Because Paul says, no. What is my glory? It is you. It is you. Indeed, you, our glory and our joy. So when we meet the Lord in heaven, it's not our achievements, my friend, no. It's people. It's people. The people that you help, the people that you support, the people that you counsel, the people that you pray for, the people that you gave hope to. God says, well done, good and faithful servant. So my prayer for you and for me this day as we close, will you and I rededicate our lives back to God? Amen. Whatever giftings, whatever, whatever it is God has placed in your hands, surrender it to the Lord so that when you are blessed, your time, your giftings, etc. You can be a blessing. Amen? You can be a blessing. Let's spend this moment of quietness before God, before I close. Will you do that? Every one of you, in the homes as well, wherever you're listening to this broadcast, whether from SIBKL or outside churches, whether in your living room or your TV room, whatever it is, you know there's no retirement in God's kingdom, only refirement. Huh? So don't say to me, Pastor, I've done my bit. No, you continue to do it. There are so many people that need your help. So many things you, must, you can do to bless the house of God. Do it. So in the presence of God, whether here physically or at home, can I pray for you? Those of you physically here, if God has spoken to you one way or another, you felt like giving up, but now you say, God, you've spoken to me today. I want you to stand. Wherever, whoever you are, you can be a pastor, you can be anything. But by standing, you say, Pastor, pray for me. Yes, yes, I want to love the Lord. I want to be used by God for the rest of my days. Those of you at home, you raise your hands. Those of you online, you raise your hands. I, I may not see your hand, but God sees you, you know. So those of you, thank you so much for standing. Let me pray for you. By standing, you say, Pastor, I want to be used by God, whatever way, in however way, in whatever way, so that at the end of the day, I give you glory. People are still standing here on the auditorium. I'll wait for a couple of minute, minutes or so. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Those of you in the home, you can raise your hands. Let me pray for you. 
Father, it's your word, Lord. It's your word. It's not my word. Lord, it's your word. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, you are a just God. Yes, Lord, people may not recognize what we have done, and sometimes we feel done by. We feel really sidelined. But Lord, you know it's all recorded in the book of heaven. You remember. You remember. So right now, in Jesus' name, with these people standing in your presence, and those people in the home raising their hands to you, Father, you bless them back. You affirm them. You assure them, Lord. You assure them truly, Lord, whatever they have done for you is not wasted. It's not just not seen by you. Everything, no matter how big or how small, anything that we do to encourage your people is remembered and recorded in heaven. <laughs> 